A few years ago, poets Jenna Rose Nethercott and Ben Clark collaborated on a series of epistolary poems about a fox in a barn. If you don't know that term, epistolary refers to a work of literature written in the form of a letter. So, for instance, there's a Langston Hughes poem called Letter, which starts out, Dear Mama, time I pay rent and get my food and laundry, I don't have much left, but here's five dollars for you. And there's this other Hughes poem called Mother to Son. It doesn't start out with Dear Son at the beginning or end with Love Mama, but nonetheless, it reads like a letter. Well, son, I'll tell you. Life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor. There. But all the time, I's been a-climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you sit on on the steps because you find it's kind of hard. Don't you fall now, for I's still going, honey. I's still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. There's also Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is written as a smattering of letters and found documents. And in popular music, epistles are everywhere. There's the Eminem song, Stan. The Beatles, P.S. I Love You. And my personal favorite, Tom Waits's Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis. For Ben and Jenna Rose, the poems emerged during a writer's residency in rural Nebraska, where artists of all sorts go to work on artistry of all sorts while they stay at a farm. Out on this random property that Ed, the guy who runs the place, got through his family and didn't really want to farm, so he just decided to collect a bunch of weird art people and let them do what they wanted. The farm itself... Um, it collapsed for this last winter, which is sad. Um, but at the time, the barn, it's an enormous building. It, it feels like light as a feather, but also like it's going to collapse on top of you. And the roof of the barn itself, all the slats in the, in the roof, when it sort of pulls apart over time, so it just looks like Inspired by the property's quirky architecture and gothic landscape, Ben and Jenna Rose found themselves entrenched in the setting and possessed by their subjects. And so it's like this strange mythic space. And it's surrounded by this expanse of flat land and like soy and corn and a huge open sky. Yeah, and I feel like It was so interesting to be sitting in that building and writing a letter to it, where I was like in the belly of this creature and imagining being uh, this animal that was in the same position. So it became almost literal in the process of writing. Welcome to Bestiary. I'm Eric Botts, and she's Meg Sipas. Today... A fox in a barn, who once shared an intimate relationship, write letters to one another, tracing the evolution of that relationship over time and distance, 
all while building mythologies about and around each other. Dear Barn, everything is a prayer out here in the flatlands. Billboards made mirror in the night rains, moons ballooning over the interstate, rest stop bodegas with the proud posture of chapels creaking in the heat, cornfields and copperheads, and the tumult of my own claws chattering against asphalt. Dearest Fox, I am enthralled with travel's gospel. Again, I lumber into the prairie grass. With the way my body hums when it moves. The bluebirds badger my rafters, protecting their nests from even my hushed voice, whispering a song you taught me long ago. If you could see me now, you would not see me at all. You said then to befriend the birds, the spiders, the mosquitoes even. You would find smoke pluming from an empty bed. But my hands, big as they are, are bound to find them. That's why I come here, to pray beneath the storm clouds. You would find my shadow like a sundial loping across the earth. It's why you should come home, Fox. If not, who'll stop me from bartering your only quilt for a jug of backwoods whiskey? Or trade the box you held shut with a smooth river stone for dusty records I have no means of playing. You would find my silhouette lingering in silos and attics where I paused, only to doze, or eat, or consult the atlas before passing through. Who'll stop me from offering up this leaning frame? As I once passed through you. That you have passed through. A footprint. Slept in. A trace. And left. A trick of the eye. A trick of the eye. Dear Bart. Dearest Fox. Drag my furniture to the yard and burn it. Your absence has taken root in my body. Leave skid marks on linoleum from table feet clawing to stay put. As an apple tree might, or a dry creek bed waiting for rain. Certainly, this rooting is a growing thing. This is a witch hunt. Not a stone, perennial, without a name in the books you've read to me. Build the pyre and name yourself magistrate. Punish the bureau, the armoire, the chaise lounge, anything with the weight to lure me back. I don't mind it so much anymore. Fit the ashes in a coffee can. Carry them under your chin. I'm long gone before the coals cool. Don't follow me, even when I beg you to. Moonlight in your fur, paws furiously burying bones, the mysterious sounds you would make in the dark, the weight of you, moving rafter to rafter. Look closer. All you are, just shadow, swallowed by light.
Dear Barn, I am hungry. I am a bullet. Dearest Fox, I am a sign of rapture, a two-headed birth, blood from the faucet. I am beams and boards, forest knit. I am fog built. I am searchlight. I am nothing when not in motion. Only held down by the sky's pale palm. I am fed on new earth. I am a wild animal bowing to my nature. I am tuliping open, ears sharpening to points against alien sky. I was carried here on a town's back, left as an inhale of breath between lift you and collapse. You are the last door I closed. You are still on my teeth, even now as the train belays me west. You are phantom. Call me Tornado Whisperer, witness to moon ritual, resting place for shadow and light alike. No longer in your body. Enter me and you catch your are breath. In my body. My bones, a timber-framed constellation. You are the boxcar. The lofted gasp of shelter and stars. Rattling like tin cans. You are Orion and the bow and the arrow that finds me beleaguered in the dark. When I raise my voice, great horned owls wing from my mouth. You are more than yourself. But you must know all this and what follows. You are the myth of you. You are smudging around the edges. You are quicksand. You are the toll booth, static in the midst of movement, ever witnessing speed. You are my shadow. You are the cannon that the cannonball of me once called home before I flew. In a hundred years, I'll collapse facing south. Dearest Fox, I forget most everything these days and wander out into the pasture, then back, until my body is a ragged, splintered thing, my breath only your absence, spiriting through me. Dear Bart, Foxes have many tricks for throwing hunters off course. We tightrope along fence rails and dry ridges, where wind tugs the thread of our scent and unravels it. We cloak ourselves in sheep, perfumed in the flock. We retrace our own steps, then leap sideways, and the hunters follow the straight path to ruin. I find myself further away. I look for useful things to occupy my hands, Try to make a list of all your names, invented or otherwise, that you would shake from your fur after weeks away. Fox, fallen tree, sunset of cobalt and flame. We build masks, coat ourselves in soot and milkweed, burn our maps, burn our luggage, burn our paw prints slick. At dusk, we find track dogs asleep and crawl into their mouths and possess them and bark false orders to the pack. We shapeshift into hunters' wives and lie with them. We jam muskets with goose bone, with cake flour, 
with wax. I can't remember this place. Whittle the barrels into flutes. Without your stories. So the rifles, when fired. Shape-shifting the air. Sing so sweet. Your voice. The hunters and their dogs waltz amongst the trees. A sweet one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two. Until they've forgotten us. And their names. And the path home. Which is the one thing a fox never, never forgets. I can't remember this place. Dear Bond, a man in a bar once told me he was down behind the freight rails, the sour lines by the lake where no trains go. And he saw a woman in a white slip standing in the water. He knew she was a ghost, because living women only wear white on their wedding day, and no one gets married anymore. Not around here. She reached into the wet with both pale arms, then snapped back as if spring-loaded, a trout viced in her hands. She bit its belly, still threshing. That's what happens when folks don't lay down roots, he said. They can't tell when to quit. The man told me he left town after that. Learned to fix broken tractor belts so he might work as inland as he could. He had a knack for machines. Any engine with a key to pocket or a thumbable off switch. Whatever he could walk away from and be sure it wouldn't follow. Barn, steady yourself. Let quiet settle on your tongue or hummingbird into familiar song. If you must, let what you remember of her pause fill the hollow of your hand and warm you. The vast sky has no use for your sad bones. Leaning into it, the dirt no interest in you repeating fox, 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 fox. Handmade candles and offerings of flame will go unnoticed. Fox is gone. Night skips shamelessly after day. Elsewhere, things are far worse. Dear Barn, A month into hitching, I saw two boys spit-roasting a hare by the toll booth. They'd lit the fire in a stray hubcap and stoked it with prairie grass until flame reared up like a spooked mare. I joined them, sharing walnuts I had stashed in a snuff tin. I asked how long they'd been stalled for a ride. Ain't so bad, said one. Just been banked here 15 years. He turned the rabbit on its spit, and I noticed his hands. Rag-wrapped, 
both thumbs gone. The other boys, too, thumbless, his blood clotting hot through cotton. The roads wily like that, setting lures to trick you into keeping transient for good, using food or company as bait. Lucky I noticed before eating. I won't gnaw my leg from a trap. When I return to you, I intend to come back whole. Dearest Fox, a lake is only a lake until you touch it. Then it becomes a lake thinking itself a fox, crisscrossing between fence posts, shaking water from its fur. Dear Barn, a lake is only a lake until you leave it for the landlock. Then it becomes ice, static and held as if afraid movement will give it away. A lover is only a lover until left. Everyone knows distance is sweet amber, yellowing from sap to stone. I know I'm not floating, not really a barn even, if original intention has anything to do with it. Everyone knows a lake is a lover, is a barn, is a clock gone still. Owls prowl my rafters now and drop pellets of mouse bone to the floor below. If I return and find you changed, not much else to see, I'll swear off your name. Unless you look up at those same rafters at night. I'll drown your letters in the lake, one by one. Into the calmest, darkest lake. Forgive me. I know it's cruel to demand this of you. Forgive me, but we all must keep our promises. Even those we never knew we made. Ghost. A haunting does not hold when you wander too far from the host. Return to where you imagine you left me to discover I was never there. A floating barn, more movement than not. You know nothing of lakes, of the forests I was made, of the greater beasts than you I've allowed to wander through me, stretch their wings and nest, brood and howl and stomp, leave their bones and leap from me a new shape, Call me what you will, whatever simple name suits you. Leave my letters in a lake or swallow them to feed yourself. But I'll not forgive you for making demands of what you do not care to understand. Do not insult the division between predator and prey. I am not like the others. No bird, no ghost. I am bodied and wingless. I wring wild turkeys limp in my jaw and open them still feathered. Fox, devour what you will, every sparrow, turkey, and farmer's hen. 
Farmers go bent and sallow at finding their henhouses bare. Devour the farmer, the farmer's phantom, then the phantom I named you. Sparrows are sugar pills beneath the tongue, just as specters are. Sweet little bites. Devour all prey, feathered and foolish enough to cross your path. Ghost is not a name. It is a meal. Devour every flame that warms every nest. For a moment you find yourself in. Devour every promise I have promised and not. Devour any burden of me you continue to carry. Call me ghost again, and I'll set the match of my body to your rafters. Still, I'll exist, unable to forget the name you called out while asleep and at peace. Dear Barn, This morning, I woke in you, surrounded by bones. Not your bones, nor those of your feed, but little parcels coughed up by the great horned owl. Remnants of field mites, spine, hip, and fibula, jaw toothed open like a doll's comb. A fine gift, fit for a silversmith or a bead merchant. I fill a pail and dissect them beneath the spigot, then match like with like. Vertebrae columned here, claws there, skulls set aside in the sunlight's dapple at the tabletop's crest, for they are surely the most beautiful of all, like plums pits sucked clean of fruit. Were I swallowed by a winged titan? Find the pellet and peel out my tail. Fox, you must know the gifted trinket of your tail, whatever the use found. I don't care what you use it for. Whether it for decoration or warmth, or holy object left untouched, except for in the repetitions of mourning. A necklace or a horsewhip, a mobile or a chain. Even then, whatever you need. It would not equal your miraculous movement, or mid-air adjustments, or almost flight. How you never landed, even under your own shadow. You must know, right now, I'm only open doors, moonlight, not a place built to contain you. When I return to if you return, I intend come back whole and in motion. Fox. Sky hangs heavy and low out here. When the wind picks up, even the holy beasts of heaven must walk light or fall from their perch. Watch your step. These are bodies full of ancient breath, draped in robes of fossilized bone, wings useless burlap knotted, left dangling down their backs. When they land, 
a barn the way is flattened to dust like a moth under your thumb. A barn outside Marquette met its maker last month, one outside Aurora two days prior. Last summer, whole towns were taken out when a storm dragged hundreds of angels from the clouds. The local farmers bury them in mounds. When outsiders ask where, they say their pastures have always had hills. One caught me solid years back, left me a sparrow with a broken wing. I healed up all right, flightless now, but not grounded. Dear Barn, there's a superstition amongst truckers further west. Every nail that spoils a tire, they keep treasure and ashtrays and coin cans. Five, they come into luck. Ten, money. Twenty nails and a hauler can leave the wheel. Never has to drain another gas tank. Finds a woman. Inherits land in a slow town where the streets are too narrow for cargo. They say one man got to 19 and drove off a bridge. Saw that glint of metal on the interstate below and reached for it. The storytellers don't name him tragedy or caution or fool. They speak his name brazenly, like a bet, like a winning horse. They tell his legend as if speaking of themselves tomorrow. Like any of them would have done the same. barn. Your shadow floats over me, a squall near breaking, held breath, nails tucked into the lining of my skin. Dear Fox, I was cursed with two tongues when my maker wandered into the prairie, left me here, half-formed, bare-boned, as much walkway as resting place. My muscle remembers your hand's geometry. Scrap wood ladders pounce between lofts. Oh, I slept inside your body. A voice for stay, shelter. Gulped down like water, dust shuddering my throat. A voice for rise, departure, as much mystery as geometry. Oh, thunderstorm swell. I cradled you, you, cradled me like a pup, because I was built to cradle, as lightning scattered me into you. But I'm a terror in winter, welcome any storm, rain bloomed your musk airborne, any creature that will call me home. I won't repeat every name where the sounds made echo in me at night. I imagine, or after, your architect, what I gave away, dropping to his knees as you rose. Walking shoeless into the plains of the taste of you. We shared this body for a season. You left. If you must circle back. When you find me, 
I can't promise I won't already be gone. Here, in train cars and pickup beds weary with metal, I slip back into your slatboard light. Yearn for splinters. Dear Fox, I forget most everything these days. Dearest barn, and wander out to the pasture. Every meal tastes of premonition. Then back, then out again. The weather inconsequential. Hens bleed silver at the slaughter. Rabbits burst to powder when touched. The last geese are slicked with mercury gone cold. Soon, winter will come. Storms move through me, but the haunting never sticks. My fur bled its color gray as ash. You would not recognize me. Russet leaked clean by the frost like I'm a rag wrung dry. I find myself further and further away, leaning over a hole I've dug or will fill with damp earth. How strange to no longer be a mirror of your hue. I try to make a list of all the things you would do with your mouth, cruel or otherwise, all you would shake from your fur after weeks away. Now that my flush has left, the dead keep mistaking me for one of them. They ask me out on dates, lend me paperbacks, offer me coffee from those blue tin camping cups with the starry patina. No, thank you, I say. You've got it wrong, I say. And they laugh, in that way only the dead can laugh, like whatever I said may have been what killed them. I can't remember anymore whether you were truly a fox or a fallen tree, or a mountain goat, or a column of orange light balanced through the gut of me. The last chicken I killed was plump with unlaid eggs, still translucent, membraned, the shell unformed. When I opened them, they were yokeless, filled with snow. I can't remember why this place is so silent. Has every creature left, or were they never here? The dead learned my name somehow. Perhaps they found your letters. Perhaps they heard me barking in my sleep. Now they won't stop saying it. They jump rope to it and mutter it into pickle jars. They croon it as a lullaby to their young and greet each other with it. They all sign their own name as Fox. Dearest Bar, how I sketch maps in the snow by memory. 
how they change with each resurrection, but how you remain constant. How I track my own scent, past cinemas and junkyards and malls, until all that remain are cornfields. How I see a barn and almost howl before realizing it is not you. How I redraw the map until you are the only landmark. How I follow it. The sky is wet with light. There is a gap in the air, a hollow like a healthy tooth plied out. I am standing where I left you. Dear Fox. You are not here. Someone had to leave first. Beyond the day's dull landmarks, my slats and boards grow into the dark pooling prairie grass. My skin adopts the moon's hue, and I enter a great illuminated hall of solitude. My skeleton, a buzz like a hornet's nest, remembers you. Do you also welcome this urge to remove your troublesome flesh your hinges, and float through rooftop branches of spruce? Your dusted lofts. Your body buckling into the earth as if kneeling to kiss the soil. It remembers mushrooms boiling from the dirt floor. Remembers your arms, the hold of you. The sensation of weightlessness. In time, I'll memorize the testimony of the deer. I will not stop. Of the raccoon. Pacing these empty grounds. Of every owl and night bird. Where we once together lay. I'll give up my voice and replace it with the voice of the relentless earth. Storms will trouble through me. The heavy, humming night sky. My fur will thin and mat. I will grow old and then young again. You must know the silent cluster of trees through which you now move is a remnant of my voice. Home does not have a throat easy to rend. Not like a gosling, not like a hare. Through the creek beds filling with black rain, through the anticipation after thunder, through the spider web of ghosts stretched between damp soil and low branches. Walk away, turn your head, still find yourself following me. In a hundred years, I will collapse facing north. Hey, uh, stick with us after the credits to hear more from Jenna Rose and Ben about their work on Dear Fox, Dear Barn. There's a saying going all around this town And I'm beginning to think it's true Folks, it's awfully hard to love someone When they don't care about you Now as good as any in this song. Bye.
Beastier is produced by me, Meg Sipis, and him, Eric Botts. Editing and sound design and our theme music all come from Eric. We socialize on the medias at Beastiary Pod. Poddington Bear created our ad music. Additional music in this episode from Frank Haffert, Howie Mitchell, who did that gorgeous tune with the bird song, the Illinois Brass Band, Zaz, and Marion Harris, who you're listening to right now. Subscribe to Bestiary on whatever app you use to tap into the podcast ether. Check out our website, bestiarypod.org, where you'll find original artwork for each episode and where you'll find ways to support the show with monthly donations. And by the way, I, I know historically we haven't put out episodes with a whole lot of what you might call regularity, but we don't plan on stopping. And we're currently setting up a new recording studio so we can do this more frequently. If you appreciate what we do, we'd really appreciate the donation. If you can't donate, though, maybe leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with someone who hasn't heard it. Or maybe you have an animal-related story that could work for the show. That's helpful, too. Tell us about it at eric at beastdairypod.org or by leaving a message at 571-446-0341. As always, thanks for listening.
out in the middle of the field. It's a very solitary um, imaging eyesight of the floating barn, which is where Jenna Rose would start her day. She would start writing her poems inside of the barn. Um, and then there would sort of be a certain moment of the day where I would, like, walk out of my little shed, like I'd finished a draft of something, I'd wave over to her, and she'd be, like, sitting inside of the barn, and she'd wave back, and then she would walk over and take the tea house, and I would look back and uh, find my other spot that I was writing at while I was there. It was so interesting to be sitting in that building and writing a letter to it, where I was, like, in the belly of this creature and imagining being... Uh, this animal that was in the same position. So it became almost literal. While the content is is containing this element of the uncanny, our narratives are pretty direct. The language we use is, uh, for the most part, fairly simple language. So I think, at least I can speak for myself in saying that I uh, really appreciate poetry, which balances itself out where the more bizarre the context, sometimes the more simplistic the language, Mm -hmm. so that a person is willing to suspend their disbelief, Mm -hmm. where I think that if we had told the poems in a way where they were incredibly abstract, Mm -hmm. it may have been difficult for a reader to be willing to accept the supernatural or the uncanny. It's a very interesting sort of dreamscape Mm-hmm. Uh, land in that a lot of the structures there defy logic in some way. Um, different installations that were on the land when I was there included a ladder that came straight out of the earth that mm-hmm. just vanished into the sky, um, a small cabin made entirely of glass windows that had been hung together, um, Japanese tea house in the middle of an open field which serves as our writing studio, and, like hollowed out, rusted out cars and campers. Uh, kind of dissolving into the earth. Like so many of the images in our poems are taken directly from things that we were engaging with. They are like literal. And in the poems, so many of the things sound like mythic or weird or just like gothic ghost land. But a lot of it was just like, no, we're literally just telling you what we saw today. Yeah, I'm just sitting here writing about what I'm looking at right now. It like forces its own story on you. Mm-hmm. You just have to, like, accept it. And <laughs> well, I feel like we really did become Fox and Farron while we were there. And we didn't, we hadn't thought of those characters beforehand. They just kind of arrived and took over and started telling their story. I, I think they find a lot of humanity in them. And I, I, I mean, I think even speaking so specifically as a Fox and a Barn, it's so easy to forget in a way that that's who's speaking back and forth to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, you know, yeah, totally. like, these are two beings who are existing in a space together or who had existed in a space together, and they're trying to communicate. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a fox and a barn or, you know, any other combination of, of shapes, I think the the conversation is the the key. I think their relationship is a relationship that anyone can relate to and recognize, which is that it's 
two creatures who once had a very strong intimacy, and that intimacy is slowly ebbing. And throughout the course of their correspondence, we watch as that intimacy shifts and then kind of abates. And who among us has not experienced that sort of trajectory? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's the, the fox and the barn writing letters to each other. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. <laughs> 